This is Brian Croft. Welcome to another edition of Trench Talk, the podcast of Practical Shepherding. And I'm joined once again with Jim Sebastio. Jim, good to see you. Good to see you, Brian. Thanks for joining me again. Sure. Uh, we're going to get to a, a topic, actually a question that uh, we've been asked several times on Twitter and Facebook uh, about ministry transition in the midst of the uh, this pandemic. Uh, before we get to that, we just want to thank those who have supported us and the ministry uh, this podcast, those who regularly listen to the podcast, we're grateful for you. And by the way, if you have not gone to iTunes and left a review for us, we would love for you to do that. It helps us just get your feedback and grow, and it also spreads the word of the podcast. And uh, that would be that would be a great, simple way for you to be able to help and, and serve us. And also, you can always go to practicalshepherding.com to access any of the resources that we have, from books to articles to other podcasts uh, that we're that we've been recording for a few years now. Jim, we want to get into this topic, though, and it's something that it's been interesting. I've heard from several pastors who have unique situations about trying to think through ministry transition in the middle of all this stuff. Mm. Uh, and and then, of course, we've had people write us on Twitter uh, asking about uh, these kind of particular situations. So I think there's a lot that can fall into this category, uh, everything from uh, someone who is transitioning from one church job to another, uh, somebody who's maybe just moved to a church. We heard of one guy who took a church. His very first Sunday as the new pastor right. is was the lockdown Sunday, and that's quite a unique situation for sure. We have other we have seminary graduates and other young guys who are looking to take their first ministry job, and then on the other side of that, we have churches all over the place who are having to be really mindful of their budgets. In fact, I got that question recently. Is is this a good time? To, should we not be hiring anybody because we don't know what the financials will be from the church? We don't want to hire somebody and then not be able to pay them six months from now. So mm. this pandemic has created a really difficult situation for guys looking to transition to different ministry positions as well as churches trying to sort through how to hire people. So, um, Jim, how, how should we start to think through this particular issue? I was going to ask you that, Brian. I'm, Me? I'm listening to that with my mouth open. What do you? <laughs> I know the crazy. How do you work through? Yeah, how do you work through some of this? And this is obviously this isn't the stuff the news is worried about, or it's not. They're not thinking about Nightline's not having any, uh, not having this as a major discussion on any of their their uh, broadcast or CNN or anybody. You know, in what way does the life of the church go on normally, and in in what way do you kind of throw normal out the window? Uh, Brian, we we were talking earlier and over lunch uh, and doing some prep, you know, over the o- over the whole question of what churches are there going to be churches that aren't going to survive this, right? Uh, are there going to be some right now that are have been uh, a part of a church who are going to decide during this? You know what? I was thinking of leaving anyway. I'll go ahead and I, I just won't come back when all of this is over. What's the financial uh, implications of this going to be? What are there going to be church splits as a as a result of this? Even even as a result, direct result of this, over how it was handled and disappointment with the leadership because they weren't conservative enough, or they weren't daring enough, or they weren't trusting God enough. There's going to be a lot of fallout uh, to some of this, and. I guess, Brian, as I began, uh, you you have to ask of a man, you have to say, what what is it that you know? 
that you're called to do mm. versus what is it that you believe you're called to do or are hopeful that you're called to do. And what I'm getting at is if, if you're a man and you have a wife and you have children, you know you're called to be that woman's husband. You know you're called to be that those children's father, and you are called to be, I, I think I can prove exegetically, the, the, the primary breadwinner of that family. You're, you're called to provide for your own. And so that, that requires or that it's easier said than done. I mean, obviously a lot of people are out of work right now. Millions, tens of millions are out of work that right. weren't, that were working right. in March and had anticipated that they'd have jobs in July and that don't have them now. And so I don't, I want to be careful. I don't want to bruise anybody's conscience, but if you're a man who currently has a job and you're, and you were thinking of leaving that job in order to take something that's uncertain I think this might be a time to show a, a, a degree of caution and care and perhaps stay where you are and see how things fall out before you make a, a risky endeavor uh, of moving yourself and your family across the country. And then certainly, Brian, you got the whole, whole other matter of, of people that were planning to go overseas. Uh, right. And to take yeah. mission positions, and, and all that's going to be affected by churches' budgets. Right, and there's a good, there's going to be a lot of this kind of fallout and heartache that we're going to have to maybe in ministries like this are going to be dealing with for months, if not years, to come. Yeah, uh, as a result of this, the pre-COVID and the post-COVID ecclesiastical world. Yeah, and and I think one of the things that. Um, in principle, I think all that sounds great and right, a good principle, just in general. One of the things that complicates that, when we're talking about pastors moving or trying to find other ministry positions, is in some scenarios you have, you know, again, I'm I'm working with the guys who are doing church revitalization, who are in tough churches. Some of these guys are are leaving churches they're trying to leave because they're they're a mess or they're right. they've stuck it out and they and it's time for them to be able to they need to try to find another place okay. for them to yeah. serve so all of a sudden now in a matter of just a weeks they're they're thinking they're finally gonna move on to the next place they're gonna be able to leave this place that's been really hard hard on their family uh, a lot of conflict all the things that come with a lot of hostile church situations and pastors in them and ready to move to that next place and then all of a sudden that just gets take get their legs get taken out from them mm. your principle i think actually i agree with and that's been the counsel i've given a lot is look i think for the time being just kind of stay where you are don't pack up and move simply because that church that new church position you're moving to might not be the same position in 2 months or 3 months when we see what how the economy and things affects church life and things, so I, I my general encouragement is to not pack up and move to a place you might not have a, a job when all this is over with. But now, Brian, if I understand what you're saying correctly, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you're not talking about a man who has resigned his position and says, "Well, I'm just going to go." You know, I was going to fill out. I was going to have another three weeks here. Those three weeks were during the pandemic, and you haven't hired anybody, so I'll just stay on. You know, are you talking about that, or are you talking about maybe he hasn't made that known yet? 
Well, that's a difficult situation. He well, hasn't I told think, his church yet that he's planning on this transition. Well, I think both. I think I think I've heard of both those scenarios. I've also heard of a third scenario where a, a man has already told the church he's moving to another place, but he hadn't resigned yet, and it wasn't in a hostile situation. So he's reaching out saying, "I don't want to. I don't. I, I, this church I'm leaving, I actually love. I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to leave them just high and dry when I go to this other church." But this other church has called me as pastor. They don't even have a pastor. Mm. So that's one guy I even heard from is, what do I do? And I still counseled him. This was just a few weeks into this. But I said the same thing. I said, look, you know, you need to, of course, like everybody's doing live stream, or a lot of people are doing some form of a live stream or Zoom or whatever. So actually, he's in a situation where he could try to help serve both churches in the interim if he wanted to. Mm. But you know, again, it's already hard enough, isn't it? We all know this. We've talked about this a long time to... How does a pastor go in and establish his ministry of the word, establish his shepherding relationships as he's trying to get to know the congregation? Imagine trying to go and do that in the middle of the pandemic. So let's let's say you, you're able to move. You know that, that you're moving, you pack up, and you go and you, you find a house and move into it. But to start trying to build relationships with the congregation from the very beginning like this, I mean, this is just unthinkable. That this you know, ministry is hard enough, and for somebody to have to try to pull that off. But we are hearing from guys. In fact, like I said, we we heard from somebody on Twitter who was asking this, you know, this very question. Another piece to this, Jim, is uh, what about churches hiring that that person? So. I know of churches that have walked through a whole process, and they're actually were about to vote on a staff member when the pandemic hit, and right. so they're ha- left hanging. The other person that, that that hired the guy they're going to hire is is left hanging. When do you do you move forward with that? When do you move forward with that? I know of a pastor who's trying to move forward with it, but the church doesn't want to vote virtually. Mm. They want to be together so they can hear. Is everybody on board with this? And the pastor is ready to move forward. This is his guy. He wants to move forward. So it's just really interesting that all the situations that have been uh, brought up. Any advice, any, any counsel you would give to churches as they're thinking of, they're in the middle of a hiring process in this pandemic and then it gets cut off. Yeah, or you've lost your pastor, your pastor's quit during this time, and you're in a, they're you in don't a have difficult one. situation. Right, you don't have one. Right, a lot of this is going to get down to the kind of theology you have about the process. And, you know, in, in, in my convictions and in my circles, the the calling of a man to minister is is a bit more complex uh, than it often is in, in other settings. In certain settings, a man is going to be He's going to send in a resume. He's going to come preach a trial sermon or two. He's going to have an interview, and then they're going to vote on him. In uh, in our circles, because of our, I don't want to be careful how I say this because I don't, I'm not saying that if you don't do it this way that you don't have these convictions. But one of the practical ways that we have sought to carry out the conviction that a man must be qualified according to First Timothy three and Titus chapter one, Acts twenty, First Peter five that that requires some degree of examination. Mm-hmm. And so how that's done, sometimes that's done, done somewhat long distance. A guy comes over a period of months, once, once a month, uh, over a period of months, his family comes out, maybe they spend three or four weeks. Sometimes it is that a guy risks coming out and they say, we'd like you to move out here and and preach for us, be a part of our church, join our church for a period of six or seven months, 
and then we'll vote on you. So that's a huge commitment with a lot of uncertainty to it. Hmm. And now generally, if you're, if you're at that point, you're, you're fairly certain it's going to work out. I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty confident. It's like a relationship, a courtship relationship where the, where the guy says, you know what, I'm going to move to that area. And then hopefully in a few months, we're going to get engaged and then get married or she moves or whatever the case might be. You hopefully don't do that impulsively. Right. Uh, and so again, I think it's going to depend on what the church's conviction is. If, if your conviction is this guy comes in and we interview him and he preaches several times, you could almost do that through live stream and do a zoom meeting with an interview and, and all of that. I think if you want to be more careful and cautious and say, you know, we want to know, is this man, you know, one woman kind of man, does he have control over his passions? Does he have a good witness with those who are without? I think that's going to require something. That's going to require something more. And that's going to be really, really difficult. I'm not going to say impossible. Yeah. It's going to be really difficult until this lockdown ends. So what, what I'm hearing you say then is that a church could continue in interviewing with, even on a Zoom call, right, with a candidate, uh, with a committee or a group of elders that they're wanting to talk. They, those conversations could continue even through this. But what I hear you saying is that you wouldn't want to call somebody officially in the middle of this until things could return to a bit more normal. I, I wouldn't because, again, I personally wouldn't because, Brian, you, you can listen to a man's preaching and you can get an idea, you know, at least a good idea, can I be edified by this? And there's so much preaching that's online now, so... A guy, most guys have their ministry. You can listen to it. You know, if somebody said, "Hey, I'm thinking about moving to Louisville. I don't know if you guys are looking for another elder. I've been pastoring. Uh, here's a hundred of my sermons on on YouTube or on Sermon Audio or Preaching.com or whatever they. I don't know if that even exists, but you know, some of these websites that are out there, and you can say, "Listen, you know what? I've listened to five, ten, fifteen of this guy's sermons. He's a very able communicator of the word." I have no idea what kind of shepherd he yeah, is. Right, which you have to and, know personally. And, and to do right, that. does do, will I, I don't know how he interacts. I don't know how he leads. I don't know how he, you know, and what you can present about your family life or your life. I just don't know. And so there's going to be, and there's always some risk involved in this. But I'd want to see that man in the context of our church, week in and week out. I want to see what he's like around our older members. I want to see what he's like around our disabled members. I want to see what he's like around uh, the families, around the kids. Uh, how does he interact with the women? Uh, you know, all of those kinds of questions I, I think are going to be very difficult to answer during a time when the church is effectively scattered. So let me get let's let me switch this back to you. Let's get a little personal with this. Let me, let's do a little role play. Say, okay. All right. So let's say you were interviewing with a church. And you had gone there, you had maybe not the long, longer process you've articulated, but at least a responsible of the shorter version. You know, you're meeting with a committee or the elders, several interviews. They've heard you preach in person and all that. The church, two weeks before this pandemic started, voted to call you as the pastor. Mm -hmm. You're an associate pastor of another church, had a faithful ministry there for five years, and now you're right. looking to go be the lead guy. Right. The church has voted. You know you want to go to there. Do you pack up and move in the middle of this pandemic, or do you stay put serving, doing where you are until 
until the smoke clears a little bit from this pandemic? What would you personally do? I'd want to ask two questions, Brian, and, and, and both of them have to do with the health of the congregations. Okay. Will my leaving place the sheep that have been under my care in a precarious or dangerous situation, sheep having no shepherd? Okay. Or Which it, probably wouldn't be the case if you're an associate. Not pastor. if you're an associate. So I think right. that may be handled. Okay. That may be okay. That would be different if and, we're and, talking and, about senior. Yeah, though. and then I think also, well, if I'm going in, and I'm interviewing in a senior capacity. It's most likely that that pa- that they that they are without a, a pastor, and that's the question. Because what if they had a pastor and that pastor was going to leave, but now he doesn't want to leave? Right. So that's a whole other thing that comes into it. Right. But if that if that flock has no shepherd, I'd want to try to be there. And I would at least have gotten to know some of the people as a result of my visits there, as a result of candidating there, hopefully. And then you can begin the process. You've got, you've got a, uh, hopefully, a church directory, the addresses, phone number, email uh, of the people of the church, and you can begin more generally introducing yourself and then to say, hey, I'd like to schedule a phone call. Is that Okay. Uh, or maybe we could do a Zoom call with break the congregation up into 5, 10, 15, 20 units. And first week, I'm going to call the, this group of families, and, and we're going to have a time to talk. My family's going to be there, going to get to know me. I'm going to try to get to know you. Let me hear your testimonies. What are your needs right now? How can we pray for you? And do what you can uh, to endear yourself uh, and begin to really know and love that flock that you've been called to and say, just, I'm so anxious to be able to, mm. like Paul could say in several situations, I'm so anxious to come and, and, and preach to you face to face. So those are really two good, really good questions. I'm glad you mentioned those. I noticed there wasn't a question. There was one question you didn't ask that I would expect someone to say that they would want to ask. And that is, what is the financial position of this church and would they actually be able to support me if I came in the worst case scenario of their giving situation tanked? Mm. You didn't bring that up. That's a much less spiritual conversation to have. It, it, I acknowledge, you know, but, but, you but have I think to it do, matters. Right, in this it does matter because again, you have to provide. You have to eat. You have to have a roof over your right. head. And but and you're talking to somebody also who I mean, you to, to your side, you planted a church and 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 worked full time job as you're trying to uh, part time or part time job. job. Yeah. I I got hired at a church, not in a pandemic that um, is best my abilities to know what the financial position was. They hired me at a salary they couldn't pay me for longer than six months if it stayed the same way. Mm. So again, there, there's you know there's churches that are in situations that three months of this pandemic could drastically change the position of this church right. and their ability to support a, a full-time pastor. So I, I do I know that's a less spiritual question to ask. But I would put it out there. I think it's one that everybody has to ask to the best of their ability. They're not going to know for sure what's going to happen with this. But it, you know, if you talk to a church that uh, that wants to hire you as a full time pastor, and there's a lot of older members, and you don't know how this is going to affect the health and, and of everybody, and you have ten thousand dollars in reserves, and that's it. Uh, that's a that's a risky situation to step yep. into with a lot of unknown and. So th- I want to acknowledge that because if there's there's people listening to this who's in that situation, you need to ask the spiritual questions that you asked. I think are really good, but there's also practical questions we've got to ask to make sure we're we're able to support our families when we when we go to these new churches in those situations. Right, and some of that's I think even even that whole ability to to work outside or to get a second job. Some of that's going to again be dependent on a person and what their gifts are. Yeah. 
Um, there are some people that have a gift that that you know there are guys who are going into ministry and before they were in ministry they were chemical engineers or something like that and they can get on consulting somewhere other guys they're they're they've gone to bible college have gone to seminary they and, can work and, at a church and maybe they can work at a church yeah. or they you know they're going to manage a chick-fil-a or something or right. they're going to work as you know i did i was a janitor yeah uh and so it wasn't the <laughs> Uh, you're not going to make a ton of money in that situation, but depending on what your age is, what your family situation is, but you, you've got to deal with that. And we have, we've dealt with that in a previous podcast right. a long time ago, but we talked about a pastor and his salary and how to think through some of those issues yep. and how to even talk to a church uh, about that, because that is a necessary, at some point you got to get down to those brass tacks as it were and, and work that situation out. So my final word on this is if you're, if you're a church or a church leader and you're on the other side of this, or you're a pastor trying to think about hiring other people and you're in the middle of a hiring process and all this hit, uh, my encouragement to you as a general rule is is to not move forward too much on the hiring process. And here's, and here's the main reason why. Until you at least have a good, firm idea of what your church is going to look like financially in the next six months, which I think you know we're we can know to some degree, and in, in, in other ways, we're not going to know how the economy has been affected six months from now. Mm. The, and the reason I su- I'm suggesting that is you you don't want to hire somebody, have somebody move there, and uproot their family, and all <laughs> move there, and then unfortunately six months later you realize the church budget got cut forty percent, and you actually mm-hmm. can't pay this person. Like right. I would just encourage you. To, I think it's worth waiting. To not be at risk in finding yourself. Now, if if you have a whole years of the budget sitting in your bank account, and you know you can you have some padding and and to be able to sustain, I think that's a different story. I think you can choose to mm. present a worst case scenario to the church and still call somebody. But most churches aren't in that situation, so I would encourage you to to just be patient and cautious with any new hires until you have a really good idea on how the church budget is going to be affect what it's going to look like in about six months from now. Wow. So, Jim, will you pray for yeah. those who are in these different situations? Mm-hmm. We've mentioned a lot of different scenarios, but they all really fit in this ministry transition category, Would you, mm-hmm. we've, which we've heard. Will you pray for those people? Yes. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that your son, the Lord Jesus, is a good shepherd of his sheep. He's the, he is the good shepherd in that he is the chief shepherd, and we know that uh, his people and uh, his church is his body, it's his bride, it's the apple of his eye, and that these things are are not distant or immaterial to him. And so we pray that our sovereign king, under whose feet you have disposed all things, would show himself powerful and mighty. Uh, in the oversight of his churches and providing uh, shepherds for his sheep. And Father, helping them to be wise, uh, all of these events are in your hand and there is not a thing that befalls your people that does not pass through your sovereign will. And so help your people to look to you, to beseech you to be confident upon you. You're the God who allowed the cruise of oil to be maintained until it was no longer needed. You're the one who fed your servant through ravens and 
you can do all things. And so watch over your under-shepherds and over your churches, we pray. Aid them in navigating these dark and confusing days. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.